Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, November the 7th. And welcome to our commentary. It's an absolutely beautiful, beautiful day here in North Texas. Uh, temperatures 50s or low 60s. I mean, it's just absolutely lovely. Uh, I guess it'll be like that for a couple of days. And then we're getting into some... Somebody said something about a Canadian wind or, or Canadian something from Canada that is coming in our direction. And at this time of the year, there's only a couple of things that have come from Canada. One is hockey teams who come here to play or a little cold weather uh, that comes from Canada this time of the year. So I guess it's going to get a little colder uh, this weekend. Uh, let me begin by referring you to uh, a post that I have over at the American Thinker. It actually came out on Monday evening. So you can still find it there, but you'll have to go down to the bottom of the list of, of, the, of the articles. But the, the post is about what is happening in the country. Uh, voters are beginning to feel that they would be better off economically if Trump was brought back to the White House. And they also feel safer from a national security standpoint, all these international crises that are going around, that they would actually feel safer under President Trump. Now, again, we don't like to dwell too much on one particular poll because, you know, you can you can go crazy with polls. So what I like to do is look at the tendency and look at the trend. And there's no question that the trend here in the last 10 to 15 polls, maybe more, has been favorable to Trump. There's clearly a great dissatisfaction with the Biden administration. In fact, in fact, uh, you're hearing it from many people in the Democrat Party who are hoping that Mr. Biden does not run for re-election. I still don't think that he will. I, I think at some point over the next uh, probably three to six months, I think he will drop out, not, not resign the presidency, but get out of the way and basically open up uh, the primary for whoever wants to run. And then your guess is as good as mine on who runs. I mean, the natural successor would be Vice President Harris, but she's got her own problems. And there's also a lot of interest. I think Governor Newsom in California is, to me at least, looking in more and more like a candidate. Now, he's going to have a real problem explaining California to the rest of the country, and particularly all the people who are leaving that state and moving in all kinds of different uh, directions. But probably he uh, probably will run if the opening is there. But I just think that the country is very, very unhappy with President Biden. They're not necessarily in love with President Trump. Let's be honest about that. They're not necessarily yearning for President Trump. It's not like they're all sitting around saying, gee, you know, we want Trump back. Some people are that way, but I, I don't think that's enough to get, him, to get him back in the White House. I just think that what you have is a great dissatisfaction with the results of the Biden administration. All you got to do is look around. I mean, look around, look at the price of everything, look at the, the cost of living. You know, I've mentioned this uh, statistic before, but it's very important. The number of car loan delinquencies is going up and going up in a bad way. And that why what happens when people cannot pay their cars? Well, the reason they cannot pay off their car loans is because the money doesn't stretch enough to get to the car loan. I mean, when you're doing the bills, you know, we've all done this. You sit down with your wife or whatever. You start going one bill after another. 
and you start paying the bills and then you know all of a sudden you get to the car loan after you've paid everything else you get to the car loan and you go well i don't have enough money to we don't have enough money to make the car payment that's what's happening there's a a liquidity crunch and it's because of the inflation the inflation is making it more and more difficult to live and more and more difficult to live within the, the money you make and that's a real problem that is something that americans can can live with that americans can feel and based on the polling data they're seeing uh, or at least they're blaming the biden administration for this the other the other issue too is the whole international situation it it just looks like in the last couple of years the world has gone to hell i mean where everything everywhere you look there is a uh, an international crisis whether it's ukraine whether it's now in israel whether it's Taiwan, whether it's the border. I mean, everywhere you look, there's a mess. And much of it's self-inflicted. Much of it's self-inflicted. Uh, the situation on the border should not be happening. Uh, President Trump had a pretty good policy uh, on the border, the stay in Mexico policy. That was working quite well, actually, because it was keeping people from coming to the border and crossing. When that was done away with, and all you had to do is show up and ask for asylum, well, you're getting exactly what you're going to get. Millions of people showing up asking for asylum, knowing they're going to get it, or at least they're going to get a, a, a visit with the judge, which could be in two or three years down the road. Uh, so there, there's just a lot of bad stuff happening. And I'm not saying that everything is on Biden, but I think a lot of it is. And uh, when things go south, as we remember uh, with the Carter presidency back at the end of the 70s, you know, people begin to lose faith on the executive. They begin to lose faith, and they look uh, they look the other the other way. So the Democrats are in a bit of a panic because they know that President Biden at the moment is not electable, and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do really. Uh, they don't know whether to tell him to leave. I mean, you, you cannot tell the president to leave. He has to do that by himself. Now, the most recent example that we have of this would have been 1968, when President Johnson decided not to seek re-election, basically decided to step aside and open up uh, the primary. That was in 1968. How he arrived at that decision, a lot of people say that his family approached him and basically said, look, you know, you're not going to be reelected, so why go through the humiliation? Maybe that can happen here. Maybe the first lady can can sit down with the president and say, you know what, let's get out of here. This is not working. I don't know. But there's a lot of Democrats who are obviously very concerned about it. And there's an editorial in the Wall Street Journal called Five, a fire number five or whatever, level five fire uh, at the White House. And that's exactly right. People are very concerned about the electoral chances of Joe Biden in 2024. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But again, when you look at these polls, remember that Trump is winning. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the public wants a rematch between Trump and Biden. I think that the polls are also saying that the public would like to see new faces, uh, that they don't really want a Biden-Trump rematch. That's also coming out in a lot of these uh a lot of these polls that uh, we're seeing, but at the moment, if it's Biden versus Trump, clearly Trump, uh, clearly Trump is is winning. 
I got to say something about what's going on in New York, this uh, prosecution, and that's what it is. This political prosecution of President Trump is embarrassing. And I think that some Democrat, some serious Democrat, has to step up and tell the Attorney General of New York and uh, you know her office, uh, somebody's got to tell him to stop. This, this stuff is crazy. Trump is being accused of fraud, but I'm not exactly sure who was defrauded here. The banks and the insurance companies didn't claim that, that he defrauded them. They would have taken action on their own if, uh, if, they, if, he, if Trump had not made the payments on time. So who exactly got defrauded? Now, the accusation is that he inflated his financial statements. Well, you can inflate your financial statements all you want. Yeah, that's fine. People can do that. But the bank and the insurance companies have to do their own duty to, uh, you know, their own due process or whatever they call it to make sure that the information you're providing them is uh, correct as far as your company is concerned. And also Trump, look, Trump's uh, account or Trump's balance sheet and financial statements are not done by, you know, a street corner accountant. They're done by huge firms that do his records. And it's hard for me to believe that these international firms would inflate the value of his companies because he told them so. I mean, these companies are too big and too powerful to play games like that. So this whole trial in New York is nothing but political prosecution and political persecution. I'll put it that way. And I think it's about time that a Democrat, a serious Democrat, gets up and says, shut this down. This is crazy. This is not what the country is about. You don't I, you don't say Here's a man. Let's go out and find the crime. That's not the way justice works in the United States, but that's the way it is right now in New York uh, against President Trump. A couple of things on this day in history. 1980, on this day, Ronald Reagan was elected president with George Bush as vice president. That was a very interesting election in 1980 because people the day before, everybody, all the experts were telling us that it was going to be a very close election that it was going to be one of those late night elections, just like 1976 when Carter and Ford ran and the election wasn't really decided until late the next morning. So everybody was expecting to be up all night uh, counting the votes and waiting results, but it didn't happen that way. By 10 o'clock Eastern time, the election was over. And uh, once those results from the West Coast began to come in, it turned into a major landslide for President Reagan. So President Reagan, on this day in 1980, was uh, elected president uh, for the first time. And on this day in 1972, this is one of the most interesting elections of the 20th century. Richard Nixon was reelected. President Nixon was reelected. A year before, he was in a dead heat with uh, a fellow by the name of Ed Muskie, who had been vice pre- the vice presidential uh, candidate for Hubert Humphrey in 1968. And they were basically in a dead heat a year before. But then the Democrats went a little crazy And they nominated a fellow by the name of George McGovern, who was a good man. He was a good man, but he was completely wrong about the Vietnam War. The Democrats completely focused on the Vietnam War. They made the election all about the Vietnam War. But what happened was that by the time people voted, the troops were basically out of Vietnam because Nixon had been taking the troops out over time. And on the day that people went to vote, there were like 20,000 troops in Vietnam. The number of casualties had fallen down to practically nothing. So the war was not the issue that the Democrats thought it was going to be. Had they nominated somebody more from the center, even Hubert Humphrey or somebody else, 
the election would have been more about other issues, not just uh, Vietnam. But the Democrats went crazy, nominated uh, Senator McGovern, and he went down in one of the biggest landslides in the history of the country, couldn't even win his home state of South Dakota. That's how bad uh, that's how bad it turned out to be. So Nixon won 49 states. He got 61% of the popular vote, one of the biggest, one of the biggest, uh, not just elections, but re-elections of, uh, of the 20th century. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.